so I get the privilege of uh, reading God's word and telling you thoughts and biblical thoughts and little theology, I guess, on baptism. And there are two different words that are used in the Bible for the word baptize. The first one is, which is uh, a Greek, is bapto, B-A-P-T-O. And then the second one is a little closer to baptism, but it is baptizo, B-A-P-T-I-Z-O. So they use two different words. Um, and an old poet wrote, it's kind of like a recipe for pickles. I love pickles. Who likes pickles? Absolutely love them. Which is funny because my mother hates them. So it's kind of, you know. Um, but the way he describes these two different words is the first word, bapto, is more of a, an immersion. Okay? It is more of a quick, um, a quick immersion, a quick soak, um, which it, it doesn't totally change into that last pickled part. But the second word that he uses, which is the baptizo, is a full immersion which creates a permanent change. And that is the word that is used in the Gospels and throughout the New Testament that describes what baptism is. It is a full immersion of, of a person such as Jesus which we come out and we are cleansed, but it is a permanent change. In the book of Matthew, chapter 3, verse 13, is the beginning of uh, the story of Jesus' baptism. Then Jesus went, to Gal or went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you. He said, so why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were open and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son, who brings me great joy. Each of the four um, gospels have, have something similar to this. Maybe it's a, it's a slight difference of, um, of how it was done, only because, you know, two people can't stand, stand in the same spot. But Mark does the same thing. And when the heavens open, the spirit descends like a dove, and what I've, I think as I'm, as I'm reading this and hearing it, the first thing that comes to mind is Noah. And when Noah was on the boat with his family and his animals, he sent two different birds out. The first one was a raven. Now, I'm a big ravens fan, so that is the reason I use the word raven and not another bird. Um, but he sends it out and it, never, it doesn't come back. But when he sends out the dove it goes and gets an olive branch and returns. So it is a depiction of a new life. So as the dove is released in Noah to, to find something, 
that has been revived after the flood, it seems like that's the same thing that happens here with Jesus. Is he's being revived into a new life. Now, we can argue all day that Jesus did not need to be baptized, and I would probably agree with you. However, he says it should be done for we must carry out all that God requires. So Jesus is not being baptized because he is sinful. But it seems like he is doing it because of what is to come. And what is to come is the reception of all those sins that we have, which now he is being cleansed of already. It is an outward sign of an inward grace. Our two sacraments, baptism and communion, is exactly that. They are ways that we receive the grace of God. But the difference is communion we take weekly. Baptism, we only need to do it once. One time we're baptized, we are cleansed, we are revived, and it is that permanent change like the recipe of a pickle. What's really neat is Jesus comes to John, and the first thing John says is, no, 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 no. I need to be baptized by you. In a humbling manner, John tells him, I, basically, I am not worthy to do this. But he has been given a gift, and he has been given a purpose to baptize those around him and to baptize Jesus. How many have been baptized? Wow. Good job. I've had debates on whether, uh, and, and we all have our own opinions, but baptism is not a checkoff list to get to heaven. It is merely for those around us to see that there has been a change. Again, it is an outward sign of an inward change. But it is not necessary just to get to heaven. It is that inward change that God is more worried about. But it doesn't mean we need to put it aside, though, either. The Great Commission... Very easy. The Great Commission is we go, we spread the word, and we baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So Jesus commands us, not just his disciples, but he commands us to go and to baptize. To go and do the same thing that he did, the same thing that John did, that we have received the power to baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In Acts 2.41, it talks about Paul in his baptizing. He baptized over 3,000 people in a day. In Galatians 3.27, we'll start at 26, it says, For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus, and all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. 
And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. So once we are baptized with the Spirit, we have received Christ and we are no longer people. What we are now is the children of God. We have become one family. We have become heirs to what Jesus had for us, what God has in plan for us. We have become heirs to the heavens. The earth is our playground, right? We are to go and we are to baptize them so that we may become one in a united church. In Acts 2.38, again, this talks about Paul and this is kind of a, a second part to his, his baptizing of the 3,000. But in Acts 2.38, it says, Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins. Excuse me, I said Paul, it was Peter. And turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. So we go and we preach and we teach. And we ask for those around us to receive Christ. And when that happens, such as here, we plan for your baptism. Again, baptism is an outward sign for those around us to receive or to perceive that something has changed in you. Baptism should be one of the greatest experiences. I was baptized in a pool. It happened to be the same pool that I broke the diving board. <laughs> I told him I was sorry. Jesus was baptized in a river. I know of people that have been baptized in a pond, in the ocean, in a baptistry. There is no one right place. If the Spirit descends upon us, if there is a true change in your heart, we can be baptized anywhere. And once we are baptized, we are baptized into the family of God. It has created a cleansing. Again, a permanent change from where we were. We stand as sinners. We are immersed and we raise up sinless. And from that point on, we do our best to overcome temptation, to overcome the sins to overcome what the devil has put in front of us so that we can stand and say, I am a child of God. That we are able to say since this time, if not even before, God has created the spirit inside of me, a growing grace that has been there since the beginning. The grace that we receive through the sacraments the grace that we receive through communion and through baptism 
is the same grace that Adam and Eve started with. It is exactly the same. And the only thing we need to do is to give our lives to Christ, knowing that his grace is sufficient. How are we to be baptized? Inwardly, there needs to be that change. Outwardly, you can have very big and long, drawn-out debates on how to do it. But if you see a change in yourself, if you feel that change in your heart, just do it. There's no right way. There's no wrong way. As long as you feel the change, it really doesn't even matter who does it. Because it's internal to you. And it is symbolic of a new cleansing. When do you do it? Some could be saved all their lives. I was born in the church. I grew up in the church. But I was never baptized. We baptize babies. We dedicate babies. Young children. Older people. Those who are in perfect health or those who are not. So there's really no right time either. Should you do it as soon as you're saved? Can you wait? Oh, I'm sure you can. But again, it is showing others what God has done for us. There's no right place. There's not exactly a right time. Just whatever you feel. But let's go back to why. And why was Jesus baptized? I said because it seems like he was taking on the sins of the world in the next little bit of his life. That he is portraying a new, that new covenant that was to come. And even the covenant that he had with Moses and Abraham and the rest of the prophets and, and those who were the heads of the churches, the heads of the traditions. He made a covenant with them, which now he has fulfilled. And I believe it was through the baptism that he is showing that new life that has descended to him, but now portrays what now has been done in his taking on of the sins of this world. We have that same power. We are able to, as prophets of God, as disciples of Christ, as the apostles or missionaries or whatever you want to call yourself, we have the power to baptize them people, those people, all people, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We have been given that gift. We are able to help someone portray the new change in someone's life. Baptism should be one of the better 
if not the best time that we receive Christ. I was able to, uh, as I said, be baptized, but with a friend of mine. So that is something that comes into mind when, when I start talking about this or, or reviewing, I guess, um, my baptism. It was really neat. It's something that I was able to, um, to have a, a personal relationship with a friend of mine because it happened at the same, same time. But those who have not been baptized, I really think that you should pray about it. And ask those around you who may have been, what is the reason behind it? Why do I have to do this? Look into your Bible and read and understand as best as you can the reason behind baptism. So if you have not been baptized, I pray that you seek out God in guiding you to do that. The first thing we are to do before we are baptized is to give our lives to Christ. Roger stands up here every Sunday and asks for an invitation. Those who do not know who Jesus is, those who are struggling with the knowledge of Christ, those who have questions just about the Bible in general and everything in it. We have people around. We have our our elders, we have our deacons, we have three different pastors, and believe me, we have three very different pastors, um, but we all share, right? So we have someone who will do our best to answer your questions. So I'm going to lead us into our hymn of invitation, which is number 400. Verses 1 and 2. And if you have not made that decision, I pray that you do. And I will be up here and I will receive you just as Roger would have. And we will offer up a prayer for you as we confess to God. And again, we will arrange for your baptism to show that change in our lives. So stand as we sing this hymn of invitation. Mm -hmm. 